Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. With Tash York and Betty Bombshell. Hello, friends. Welcome to Friends with Benefits, the drunken dressing room shenanigans with some of the best cabaret, burlesque, circus, and what the fuck are they doing performers from around the world. My name's (laughs) Tash York, and this is the wonderful Miss Betty Bombshell. Well, howdy, friends. How are you doing today? I don't know why I'm from the Western town, but that's me. uh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. How are you doing today, Natasha? I'm doing really well. I made my first uh, COVID mask today. I just thought I'd show it off on the podcast, which is on an, oral, the- <laughs> an oral medium. It is mostly just for hearing. I yeah. just want to remind you, so anything visual that you've done, um, I'm enjoying it. Our guest is enjoying it. I've taken and it off. It's really fucking me off. Already, I just want to but- paint... A picture. She looks like a gorgeous, I will say, a gorgeous version of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs when he's in the thing and the whole face mask. Yep. Yep. That's that's what I was going for, obviously, I know. Uh, yeah. with my little yeah. zebra moment, you know, trying to make it, you know, because COVID's not a fun fun and games, guys, you know. Uh, no, it's so serious business. It's a very okay. serious business. Uh, but also wearing a mask is super helpful. So I thought, well, A, I have nothing to do with my life, so let's start making masks. And B, why not make them to match clothes that I already have so it seems like I've put a lot more effort into what I'm doing with my life. I love that for you. Yeah. It seems like you've got it together. The woman that's got it all. And that's it. That's the full stop there. Just going down to my like local coffee shop to go and get my one coffee once a week that I allow myself so that I'm not yes. spreading stuff. Uh, but I'm always making sure now because I've just moved uh, that I'm like coordinated with my mask. I feel like it's really important. That's beautiful. No, that <laughs> is. It's like the equivalent of like when we used to go out and pop on a frock or pop on a number and be like, gosh, we look gorgeous. That is exactly. now the new thing. You go to the supermarket you pop on a very coordinated, very overdone outfit. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, I love it. Not? I mean, not me personally, because I'm in Perth, so sucked in. But yeah, you. Mate, how's it going really over there? How's it bloody fucking going? Fucking lovely, mate. <laughs> tell you what I did this morning. I'll tell you what I did. Tell oh, you what I did. Here she bloody Got up. Nah, come on. Come on now. Got up <laughs> in the morning. Yep. Had a gorgeous morning. Yep. Light filled house. Oh, beautiful breeze in the air. Fab. Love that. Partner made a delicious breakfast. We got in the van. We bought a van. We're doing that. We're what? doing the thing. I know. Wow, we bought a were, van. I thought you were gay as, but now you are gay as. Now I'm right? gay. You are yeah, okay, That's cool. it. That's it. <laughs> we got a van. We've popped a mattress in the back. It's the whole fucking backpacker dream, except we're doing it the nice way, not the weird Except that you can, only, you can never leave WA, which to be fair, WA is excellent. So you've got at least like five or six months of traveling just in WA oh, in the back of your van. Like at easily. least we're going to go north, we're going to go south, yes. and then we'll come back. And that's the Can't go the any further west though. You're no, right. probably won't there. But no, I went to the beach. It was gorgeous this morning. Wore no shoes. Got a coffee. Oh. Got another one. Oh, my goodness. Didn't have to wear a mask. Did have to put up with Perth people. But, you know, it's a give and take. <laughs> 
Uh, Bati, uh, I heard that you've already done some gigs in these COVID times, you and your WA life. Yeah, mate, I've already done two gigs. Of bloody real-life gigs. How was it? How did it feel? Honestly, it was kind of, I was so pumped up the first gig that I did. Yeah. It was like, it was just all a bit much. I got on stage and I don't think I've danced that hard in a very long time. I was just like. a bit too much. It was a bit overwhelming, but in a very nice way. I woke up the next day and I was like, I feel like I have been lifting weights. But really I was just flicking some chiffon. That's what happened. Yeah, and I had another gig on Friday, um, just the Friday just gone. Same feeling or were you kind of just back into your old ways of like, oh, another gig, another day. Another gig, another set of makeup. No, it was the exact same thing. I was like, Yee! it was really Aww, cute. That's yeah, cute. it was a great show. I'm very pleased for you. Thank you. Uh, something so I'm also much. very, very pleased about uh, is the fact that this is our second season of the Friends with Benefits podcast. What do you mean, Tash? What, what do you mean? I know. So you that's might notice it. a few changes this podcast. You know, we've added a few Bloody segments. We've so. taken away a few segments. We've Fucking got actual sentences time. for things. Um, we've still got our lovely sponsor, Naked Wines. Love that. And now it's time for Friendly News to Benefit Yous. <laughs> The latest offering from Melbourne Fringe comes in the form of VCR Fest, which is a plethora of live performances and workshops ranging from across comedy, cabaret, visual arts and theatre. Streaming from the 31st of July to the 2nd of August, VCR Fest is a three-day digital event coming from our home to yours, including Dazzling Keith, Lou Wall and previous podcast guest Ruben Kay. Head to the Melbourne Fringe website to book your tickets. It's on the internet, so everyone, anywhere, is welcome. And as expected, the government is scaling down how much it pays us on JobKeeper. How good. From the end of September, the fortnightly payment for full-time workers, we'll get to part-time in a moment, is decreasing from $1,500 to $1,200. And if you're working less than 20 hours a week in February or pre-COVID, your payment will drop from $1,500 a fortnight to $750 after September. And at the beginning of 2021, both payments are set to reduce again. How wonderful. I mean, hopefully the same's going to happen with Scotty's yearly wage, you know, considering he's cancelled Parliament for the whole year. And, you know, that's because he can't be asked to figure out technology, unlike the countless businesses, performers, teachers and gym instructors who have all adapted their work online, including the aforementioned VCR Fest. But obviously you didn't learn that in marketing school, did you, Scotty? Anyway, all of these payments are going to continue with JobKeeper 2.0 until the end of March 2021. Yay. Yep. It's very important. But, uh, yeah, we're super, super duper excited to start the second season. And, of course, for our very first guest for our second season, Betty <gasps> Bombshell. Are you Stop excited? It. I am bloody rip-roaring ready to go, mate. Let's do it. Roaring ready to go. <laughs> Been in Perth for too long, all right? This is what happens now. <laughs> Who is she? I don't even know. <laughs> It's fine. You know what? It's fine. Uh, new we, COVID virus, new me. I was just trying to. That's great. No, I love that. Thanks. Get a tattoo. It'd be a nice time. Yes. Um, <laughs> <Massive. it's, it's, laughs> 
We have an absolutely incredible guest, a guest that I have had and you have had the pleasure of working alongside. She's been <laughs> in the After Hours Cabaret Club before. She's got some iconic, iconic acts. She's an incredible <laughs> producer. She's a founding member of Circus Trick Tees. She has a show called Children of Stinky that she's literally produced and put everywhere all around the world. We absolutely love her. Give it up for the one and only Malia Wall. Yeah. How you doing, baby? Oh, you know, I'm in Melbourne, so pretty, pretty, pretty average. Fucking feel that. Girl. Fucking average, mate. Right? Fucking feel that. Ooh, that's it. On that pretty fucking average note, let's play a drinking game, hey? Yes. <laughs> Uh, new additions to the podcast, we all approve. You know what we I'm saying? All, all approve. That's uh, it. I've got here a lovely red wine, thanks to Naked Wines. Uh, a Jen Pfeiffer. A Jen Pfeiffer. The Rebel. Jen Pfeiffer. Yeah, Pfeiffer. Is that like I Michelle think, Pfeiffer? Uh, I'm assuming so, but I'm not really sure. Is it sure. her? No? Okay. As she looks like this. I don't know. You can't really see it on an actual podcast. But you know what? It's a redhead. She's looking fiery. She looks great. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a nice Cab Merlot, which I always love. It makes me feel fancy. Um, gonna oh, it's like a rich mahogany, isn't it? It's gorgeous. What's your favourite wine, Melia? What do you drink? What's your bev? Oh, man, I'll drink anything and everything. <laughs> feel that. I'm That's not- why you're our friend. There you go. <laughs> At all. Like red, white, sparkling, beer. Oof. I love like a tinny, you know, just a oh, shit Fucking love a tinny. And, and cocktails. Like, you know, I'll go out for cocktails any day of the week. Monday afternoon, cocktails, whatever. I mean, you're in Melbourne, so any day is really the weekend at this point. So <laughs> get it done, babe. Uh, the game is never have I ever. Are you familiar with the game, Malia? Yes. yes. Mm. So in this version, uh, if you have done it, uh, rather than, you know, some people call it 10 fingers. I don't know, but that seems like a lot of fingers. Seems like a big day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, maybe I've been drinking. Uh, we are, we're going to ask you some questions. And if you have done these things before, uh, you're going to take a drink. And if you haven't, then you can just sit there and keep it on chilling. Do we all understand the rules? Yes, sir. Now, I feel like we've really not thought this through too far because Mm. no one's going to know who's drinking or not. Uh (laughs) Well, let's do, shall we have a buzzer moment then? Oh, a buzzer moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. You can, what's, we can make any noise uh, as our buzzer. Tash, what will your buzzer noise be? Uh, my buzzer noise will be Pfeiffer. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was the most fucking random thing I've ever heard in my life. We were talking about the Pfeiffer from the wine before, you know, and I was like, Pfeiffer, you know, it's like. <sighs> oh, I liked it. It was good. It was great. Um, yeah. Malia. Uh, Malia. Mine might be, oh. Yeah. Mm. Good. Always a, a winner. Really Classic good. one there. Really good. And Bombers. <sighs> Shit. Um, that one's good. <laughs> there we go. That's it. There we go. Yep. That's the one. Oh, shit. Shit. Um, that's my buzzer. Great. I love it. Great. I'll, I'll do a test question to start. Uh, never have I ever been on a podcast. Shit. Um. <laughs> I loved the delay. That was such a delay. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
just <laughs> someone in the next room really enjoying the podcast. You know? <sighs> How's this? Love that for us. All right. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Let's start the real game. Uh, <laughs> don't know why I did that. All right. I liked it. It was a seedy wink. It was perfect. Now it's time for Never Have I Ever. First Ooh. one. Never Have I Ever Got a One Star Review. Ah, shit. It's an awkward time for you, Bombers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, got a one star. What was no. it? Please please explain. Give us, give like, us I can't even remember what it was. It was a it was a it was a few years ago, I'm pretty sure. It was just like one of those weird fringe shows that you do that have been thrown together. Mm. And you're like, oh just oh a bit of so fun. like after hours. Yeah, cool. Um yeah. <laughs> Malia, do you know any good hosts anywhere? <laughs> for any shows at all or podcasts no um it yeah it was one of those shows and I think it was when I was a very young performer and someone came and just ripped it apart and was just like this was shit farewell and then that was it that was uh yep love that love that all I've right. never recovered anyway. I think my first review was um when it just said for after hours Malia Walsh has hoops oh which was a really great description of my act I was really proud of that i mean it was accurate it, it was it was yeah. definitely accurate was that yeah. the same one correct was that the same one where it said uh betty bombshell sports tattoos yes that <laughs> is correct that is it again not wrong Punk. it was there was no lie there so she was on the money if that she was one, playing she? i spy she would have nailed it oh, uh, mate imagine the game oi <laughs> all right second question never mm. have i ever fallen over on stage. Oh, shit. That was all of us there. That Maria. was all of us. Care to explain? <laughs> Care to elaborate? Uh, I actually fell over on the opening night of Worker in Adelaide. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't just in my show. It was in the fucking gala. So oh, I, God. There was, a cheeky, there was a cheeky step on stage. And I fell over and quickly turned it into one of those pump and cats. <laughs> <laughs> like angry yes. cat, happy cat. Yes. Just yes. Yes. And instead of just doing two or three, I crossed the whole stage. Of yeah. course you did. Yeah. And then I rolled up and nobody just, knew that I knew. <laughs> you knew. And now we all know because you've dobbed yourself in. And that, that's the true artist right there, I think. <laughs> so good. All right. <laughs> Never have I ever been arrested. Fifa. Just me? What did you uh, get arrested for again, Tash? What was the... Uh... I got arrested for saying dick loads. <laughs> um. <laughs> every time. It gets me every time. <laughs> yep. I uh, was pretty mad about my friend getting a fine um, for dropping a cigarette butt and then I started swearing at the police officer. Well, I didn't start. Sorry. I was making a really big effort not to swear at the police officer because I was like, they can get me for that. And then I was like, you know, and the reason why I'm charging so much for these fines is to pay for the dick loads of roadworks. And that was it. She was just waiting for me to slip up and I did it. I slipped and uh, spent four hours in jail. So that was a cool time. You're a regular modern-day Johnny Cash, aren't you, mate? Jesus, you've done the hard yards. I've done the fucking hard yards. Tasha's got like a tin cup in there fucking banging along. (laughs) To be fair, I did sing the entire time. Just was like, oh, the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so misunderstood. Nobody understands. Yeah, it was great. Um, 
That's nice. That's, that's good. All right. Uh, <laughs> Go. Yep. Never have I ever been late to a gig. Oh, fucking shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All of mm. us there. Can I, can I tell my story? Um, Go, please. It was, it was for an after hours, and I don't think I told you this at the time. <laughs> yes. Please. What do you got? Yes, yes. This is the one where I had to. I had half an hour to run from my gig to your gig. Yep. And I got a text message from you because our show went a little bit late, and you said, the act before you was on now, and quite calmly I, I wrote back, yeah, five bucks, no worry, I'm almost there. But um, in reality, I was pushing over people in the Garden of Unearthly Delights, pushing people out of the way, running as fast as I could. Yes. And I got there in time, just in the nick of time, and Tash was on stage announcing me, and she did a long intro, which was wonderful. <laughs> I was naked up the back, ready to perform, and you said my name. And because I had run so hard and so fast from the Garden of Unearthly Delights to Gluttony, I did a little spew in my mouth just as you announced my name. Shit, I'm so sorry. And like a fucking classy broad, I swallowed it. <gasps> I came on and I was like, bitches, here we go. Yeah. That is Honestly, oh, that is just, that is, I don't know if there's any ever been more of an after where I was story. Like Honestly. that is just after I was right there. I remember that night because I was like, because there's always that awkward thing at Fringe, right? When you got to run from show to show, yeah. it's all very hectic. And Tasha always comes back stage each in between each act. So we can be like, oh, something, yeah, huh, let's have a cigarette. Let's do a shot. Cool. Blah. And then, <laughs> also that, no, yeah. okay, just me. Yeah, not good. And I remember she came back and I was like, look, you're going to really have to stretch out the improv quite a lot. Um, Nelly is not here. Tasha's like, yeah, no, no, I don't fucking do what I want. And she did it and she really, she stretched it out and it was perfect. And then I remember you texting me being like, yeah, babe, five minutes away or like, yeah, I'm on my way. And I was like, I have a feeling she's not just around the <laughs> But I was like, I know Malia. And she will never miss her cue. And she I know she will be down. here. No, She'll no. never let us down. I remember mid-act, this, this, like, the taste of spew was so gross in my mouth that I um, grabbed a drink off a punter, yep. took a wig, spat it in the air. Gorgeous. A beer shower. That was for the marshmallow act as well? Yeah. Mm. So, mm. like, you were already, like, so for those of you who don't know, like, this act, she... It has a lot to do with her and marshmallows in her mouth. So the fact that you had spew, like, as the precursor to that situation, like, you're a fucking hero. Like, that is honestly so hard. You are <laughs> the hero that we hard. do not deserve. Oh. oh. Anything for a gig. Anything for a gig. <laughs> Anything for the stage, darling. <laughs> that's fair. That's I reckon fair. we can't beat that. I reckon that's a pretty good story to finish. Never have Honestly, I think that's yeah. an excellent story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cheers to that, girls. Never have I ever. Well done. The first Bloody one. cheers. Clink. There we go. Gorgeous game of never have I ever. We're all a little bit drunk, maybe except our guest, but that's pretty standard. But we have some questions for you, my love. Indulge us. So you've done, I always just, anytime I talk about you, I'm like, she's the circus queen of Australia and I love her and she's everything and she's so amazing. But like legit, we're like, oh my God, Malia is everything. She speared one time and then she swallowed it and then she did an act. It was crazy. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. It was wild. What a legend. What a great lady, man. 
insane. Now, how did you how did you get in the biz? How did you begin on this business of show, this journey? What was the humble beginnings of Malia? Um, well, I actually started off um, as a fire performer. So I <laughs> I made I made a shitload of money traveling around the world, mostly to China and like the Maldives and Hong Kong and places, um, doing fire shows, like really elite, you know, high class yeah. corporate fire acts. I um, had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my fire twirling partner left to be in Cirque du Soleil, the bathroom. Really? Yeah, Same. and I yeah. thought, fuck it, I'm going to start in the fringe world. That seems like a good career choice for money. <laughs> the famous last words. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yeah, so I, um, I, I met up with a guy called Shannon McGurgan. Um, we met at a bar where he picked me up and threw me to his friend. Um, yes, <laughs> strong man. And he picked me up and threw me and Shannon McGurgan is a legend. And yep. he taught, taught me how to do adagio and balancing and human balancing. So we made we made a show with Shannon McGurgan and Farhad Ahadi and I, and it went pretty well. We won three awards on our debut season, and then I was yeah. I was just hooked at in like the fringe world and the family and the love and the you know the adrenaline and the hard working and the no pay. Like I was just I was <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why we could be doing it is because we're hooked. No, because we're hooked. <laughs> It's that weird addictive thing. You can't put your finger on it, but you've got you to have it, you know. That's it. Uh, I mean, I have to say, like, you know, the, the joy you bring people in the shows and when you look out on the audience, the, you know, 300-seater and you just see those hundreds of smiling, like, faces that just cannot believe the shit you were doing is just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I, yeah. And it is, you're right. Was it always circusy stuff that you did or did you do anything else like, you know, during high school or anything? Were you like a drama kid or did you, you know, used to be in the choir or anything like that? <laughs> I did ballet as a very young girl. I um, I loved ballet but I didn't like the bitches. So I left when I was about 11. <laughs> was it bitches like Betty? Betty I was going to say, I'm so sorry that was me. So, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just, I tend to ruin it for a lot of people. I'm sorry. That's it's understandable. Yeah. You are a bitch. So that I makes... mean, that's true, you know, but I'm proud of that. So that's <laughs> where I'm different, you see. Yeah. Good. I didn't quite <laughs> the ballet sort of mould. I had, um, I was sort of came in with scabby knees and messy hair and, you know, like my costumes were never right and they were always a bit wonky and, you know, like I loved yep. dancing, but I just wasn't, I just didn't fit the, fit the bill of that's fair enough. I don't think anybody ever fits the bill of being a ballet dancer. I think that's their whole bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah. when you, I'm wondering when, so you were a fire performer and then you like sort of just fell into your circus career. Did you then study circus or was it all sort of self-taught with sort of pals and, you know, within the industry or did you go then to study? No, I never studied circus. I um, applied for NICA, but they told me that I, was nev- I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <gasps> NICA, how dare you? Sucked in, bitches. <laughs> Sucked in, NICA. You Your could have been reaping these benefits. <laughs> yeah. right. It was actually like a, a bit of a blessing because I'm one of those people that when somebody says, oh, you can't do that, I'm like, well, fuck, I'll fucking show you. And, yeah, it, like, it lights a massive fire up my ass, so... I don't think I would have been successful if I got into that school, to be honest. Um, but Shannon, Shannon McGurk and Farhad Ahadi are actually two of Fair them. Fair enough. 
adagio performers in Australia as, as far as I'm concerned. I love them. But yeah, they taught me everything I know. And then I was lucky enough to work with Chris Carlos for three years and he just, you know, he's wonderful as well. So yeah. I, I'm blessed to work with some of the most amazing, talented people who, who push me creatively and push me physically. So I'm, I get better and better. That's it. I think it's, I think it's wonderful to hear. I, I don't know what it is about, I think, people in the arts. Uh, this is probably quite broad and quite generalised, but everybody thinks you have to have that formalised training to go and then do the thing. If you don't have that piece of paper, you can't then go and be a circus performer or a cabaret artist or whatever you want to do. But I think it's really wonderful that you were trained, you know, self-trained and sort of just learnt from the inspiring humans around you. I often think that's the best way to learn anything because they're constantly pushing you and influencing you. Do you think that your sort of style of performance um, was influenced by anything or were you, did you kind of make up your own style of circus because you didn't have anything else to, you know, when you learn, you sort of copy that style or you learn that style? How would you describe kind of how you got in there? Um, I think I think I was lucky enough to meet Shannon, who's a bit of a weirdo as well. You know, like we <laughs> share that unusual hilarity that like circus is dumb and <laughs> ridiculous you know like you spend your day like, dumb. riding awesome. up and down sweaty bodies <laughs> like, oh i want to try and stand on your head like what a ridiculous like all right now i'm gonna wrap my legs around your neck and see if you can throw me to this other guy like it's just i never saw the seriousness in it and i do love contemporary circus and i find it you know circa and gom and all of those companies are amazing but yeah i just I just couldn't stop laughing at the ridiculousness of how crazy circus is. <laughs> is that how you guys come up with those like ridiculous pieces of, you know, it's like six people on stage and you're like, da, 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 just doing crazy acro. Is that how it happens that you're like, right, yeah. my foot in your nose and then you're going to swing me around <laughs> and I'm going to be over there. Is that, how do you do it? Like, what's the thing? Well, that's that's how I do it. I quite like <laughs> if, I, if I bend over. Can you do a handstand on me here? You know, like that. Yeah, that's how I like doing it. A lot of people have different exploratory, you know, methods. Mm. If there's joy and if there's laughter and if there's ridiculousness in the rehearsal room, then I'm a happy lady, and I think the show shows revolve around that. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, your I, shows always like I remember can't face, and I literally like at the end with the heal the world moment, and I just can't. like I literally told everyone, and like there was like maybe three days in a row that me and Dak used to run in there and just go and see that number at the end <laughs> of your show, like because we'd be like we talked to the people at the front of the tent, we're like we just need to go and see this at the end. It's just like it'll help our lives, please. Like let us do it, and it was like literally I like saw the show one day, saw the show the next day, and then like literally went and did that for three days in a row. I was obsessed <laughs> with it. Like it was just so silly and wonderful. It's just, yeah, it really shows that you just like have that sense of play and like community and, you know, fun. Like that's, yeah, it's the best. Oh, my God. That show had three secret farts edited into the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's amazing. What? That is just so <laughs> stunning. <laughs> You know when you've just been doing too much rehearsal, it's late at night and you've been drinking or whatever, and, you know, you're trying to edit the tracks and link them together and you're like, oh, what it needs is like a little extra beat there. So instead of <laughs> the beat, we just put in a fart so nobody else would hear it except for us and, yeah, we... we, we <laughs> yeah. 
little secret thoughts in that show that would just get us every single night. Oh my god! Honestly, oh my that god. is that is the magic right there, isn't it? Just secret <laughs> thoughts for you and the cast to have a cheeky giggle at every night. That is Bellissimo. I love it. <laughs> that is bloody wonderful shit. Um, now, yes. Yeah. Yeah, now you go. Uh, yeah. yeah, should we? Uh, uh, yeah, all right. Oh, 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 yeah, no, okay. Oh, just bit of tit. Good. <laughs> just did a bit of a flash. I didn't oh. hate it. I won't say no. I've only hung out with Kevin and my cats for like the last maybe two weeks. So you know, I'm like, oh, my people, hello. <laughs> I know. I spoke to Tash yesterday. We actually spoke for about three hours yesterday. Yep. Didn't realise. Mm. And I was fucking pumped after i was like oh friends it was really great so we didn't even have a single drink it was really amazing experience for us like we actually like each other without drinking it's like it's good to know that now i didn't it's you know every day is a learning day as we learned from jay that rhymed as well anyway that rhymed as well ah anyway malia we have this wonderful segment segment if you will on this podcast and we want to know right because i know this is going to be a fucking banger from you oh absolutely what was we have? What was your best and what was your worst gigs? Now, best gig can be like I met somebody in the audience and they said I changed their life. I don't know, whatever that might be. But also, the worst gig is like you vomited in your mouth and ran off. I don't know. What? Uh, what's your it best and worse worst? Ah, oh, shit. It's such a big question. I mean, I've been performing 10 years, so I'm like, what? Like, oh, the scope of, of what best and worst is. Well, that's think, it. What's one of your most memorable, maybe? Yeah. Well, probably one of the most embarrassing was um, <laughs> yes. I was doing a corporate fire show um, for Beaumont Tires, and um, I was. They were. They were. They hated us. They were like. They were just like. We're just a corporate, you know, doom. We don't want to see performances at the moment. So they're all just chatting and not paying much attention to us. Then all of a sudden, the crowd was going wild, like absolutely batshit crazy. And so I was like, they love us finally. And, <laughs> and screaming and like yelling and laughing. And they went more crazy. So I, I laughed and whooped and yelled more. But mm. what I didn't realise is that my performer, we were in a certain mood, mood that my performer, his head was stuck under my skirt. So he's trying to shake his head, <sighs> get his head out. And I'm just there going, woo! And the audience was loving it. And I thought they loved me as a performer and they didn't. It just was, <gasps> I was getting a bit of action under my skirt. That is, I can just imagine you on stage being like, guys, we made it happen. This is it. It's all, this is what it's about. And really, you're just having a bit of a go. That's it. <laughs> That's so great. That is the oh, thing with man. you, though. Like when you're just like, "Yep, I'm gonna get him going. This is what's <sighs> happening." Like you're so commanding that the audience is like, "All right, yep, no worries." Like you're just like, "Whoa, we're gonna have a good time, whether you like it or not." So I could just imagine the way you were screaming. Oh my god! Oh man, that's it. I still shudder. I still wake up and think about that moment. <laughs> the Beaumont Ties corporate crew just being oh. like, "Did you remember that?" Oh, God. Just every time you drive past the Bobot tires, you're like, Ugh. Just, uh, <laughs> it's haunting me. It's following you, but that's it. All right. So that's your, <laughs> that's really great. That's your most embarrassing moment. One of, one of them. Because yeah, let's of. be honest, there's just endless there's so when you're a many. performer. Oh, so many. So it's many. like every moment is an embarrassing moment, but on purpose. Um, and now <laughs> what would be one of your best moments? One of your most memorable moments? Um. 
My most memorable moment has to be when I did um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and we were about two weeks from finishing the festival and we sold out every single ticket on every single <laughs> Fuck yes. Mm, that is, that means no flyering. You can cancel those Facebook ads. You don't need to run another something on another something. None of those something. shitty oh. sidebar gigs to try and hand out some flyers. Jeez, cancel them. all those spots. You don't have to do a crappy radio spot at 6 a.m. <laughs> you don't got to do it. Oh, oh. I still did because I was professional and I actually love all that stuff. But it was That's just that, like, I, I, I fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An Edinburgh Fringe season in a 300-seater, I am, like, I am so proud of myself. And, yeah, just that, that, that was the best. Fuck, yeah. And especially that in, like, another brilliant. country as well. Like, you're, you know, of course, like, obviously, like, when you tour in Australia to other places, like, you don't know, like, heaps and heaps of people, but you've, like, maybe got family members that know someone that can tell someone or whatever. Like, you know, you know the general. media in Australia. It's a general, yeah. like, thing. But when you do it in, like, a complete other country, like, absolutely. You're just, like, no one actually knows me here. This is incredible. Like, yeah. coming to see my thing and my talent. Like, fuck, Yeah. Because in in Australia, my mum will literally come to shows in a row and bring oh. ten friends to like <laughs> mum. <beat her up. laughs> oh, Mama Walsh, that's beautiful. That's really Mom's cute. Like, oh, she she might be she might be doing something with a blow up doll today, but but um, I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> but that's all right, you know. That's okay. How many, speaking of Edinburgh Fringe, let's chat about that. How many times have you, because you said you've been performing 10 years, how many times have you taken a show over to Edinburgh Fringe? Like what's your, what's the story? Uh, I've taken, well, I've performed and produced three shows over there and mm-hmm. I've produced one, so. Yeah. Beautiful. And you fucking sold out the season of one of them, which that was Kids Are, Kids Are Stinky, is that the one? Yeah. It's yeah, the first beautiful. time I've ever done a kids show and everyone's like, oh, Malia's a children's performer. I'm like, I've done one. <laughs> Naked Wines gives you direct access to over 55 of Australia and New Zealand's best winemakers. They believe in connecting wine drinkers directly to these award-winning winemakers because it's better for everyone. Talented, independent winemakers get the support and funding they need to make the best wine they've ever made. The wine drinkers who support them get exclusive access to those wines at discounted prices. Their mission is to change the way the whole wine industry works for the benefit of both the wine drinkers and the winemakers. Anyone can order from Naked's almost all-Australian online range, but the best value kicks in when you sign up to be an angel. Angel members are those who top up their accounts with $40 a month to create a stash to spend on wine when they feel like it. The top-up helps fund the winemakers who work with Naked, and in return, angels get to buy wine at a much lower price. Want to check them out? Use the code FWB, friends with benefits, and the password podcast. Or go to www.nakedwines.com.au forward slash FWB for a $100 voucher for you to use anywhere on their site. Welcome back to Forens with Benefits, the podcast hosted by Betty Bombshell. That's me and Tash York. That's you. That's me. It's your favourite backstage dressing room shenanigans with some of the best Bella Circus and what the fuck are they doing performers from around the world. Yes, I did just don a little lisp during that introduction and yes, it's okay. 
I know that you know, and now we all know. We all know. So that's the know. Mm, we yeah. we are in the know. I don't know. No. Uh, but we are here with our gorgeous special guest, Malia Walsh. Welcome back. Hi. 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 Now we've spoken about your <laughs> hilarious moments, your best moments, your worst moments, all that kind of jazz. Now what we want to know is because you create such different art, like your your shows, your even just uh, acts, anything that you put together has such a sense of whim and fun and ridiculousness and just, it's, it's addictive. You. Like, yeah. It's you though. Like you can anytime, see, yeah. Yeah. Anytime you know that Malia has created a show, I'm always like, fuck, we got to go see it right now. Because it's just, immediately. right? It's just such a joy. Like I'll sprint through the garden with a bag to catch the end of the show kind of jam. How, what are your um, inspirations when you're putting together a show to even an act what what do you kind of draw on oh my i don't think sometimes i do it because i think i have to and -hmm. sometimes i'll do it like a a inspiration will just fly at me like the um the period act that i do where i swing around tampon poi and get covered in blood like that was just (laughs) like i was actually in switzerland and i just sat there and it just like the whole act in its entirety with the music and with the siege and with the other, like it all just flew at me at once and it was created instantly. And then other acts like I have to work at and work at and work at and then it's, you know, a slow development and it, I, I'll sit on an idea for a year and then it'll come to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love so, that. That period act is Oh, my God, it's so shit. great. It's so fucking funny. So incredible. Yeah. Uh, is there any, like, particular, I guess, like, performers or, like, uh, places that you, like, find inspiration from? Like, is it from people or from family or is it just literally, like, out of your imagination? Is there anyone you look up to? Like, Oh, all of the above. Yeah. I am. Um, my partner's a puppeteer um, and so he takes me to go and see some weird and wonderful theatre shows or puppetry shows or, you know, so I, I go and see other art apart from circus, which I think is very inspiring and it really helps with the art. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I've never been cool or fashionable and I think that helps as well because I don't have to worry about if anybody thinks I'm good or not because I'm like, oh, I never had friends, so... <laughs> You know, that's, that's a recurring theme in this podcast. I feel like 100%. everyone is like, I was never cool and I don't have friends, yet here we all are. <laughs> here we are. We've all found each other somehow. That's what's happening. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was inspired for Children of Stinky because I just wanted to get fit and I just had a kid myself. So I was like, oh, yeah, they are gross. Um, <laughs> no. Um, inspiration from everywhere and and the people I work with um, I've got a really wonderful relationship with Vincent Van Berkel as well who um, we laugh a lot and have a lot of fun we we make some really unusual shit together which is yeah just the best shit that's the shit people want to see you know the weird and wonderful shit yeah I mean you know you've got a good working relationship with somebody when you're like the act isn't quite working I don't know what it needs and he says I think I need to spit in your crotch and you're like that's exactly right. That's, That's exactly <laughs> what it needs. That 100%. is 100%. How did you know? Yes, great. Love That's that. beautiful. That's why we get it. And go. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's really lovely. Yeah, you're a mum as well. You're like a producer, a mum. You do all this crazy like circus stuff. Like how, how do you find like juggling all of that? Is it hectic? Is it just kind of who you are? Do you just take it in your stride? Like 
I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. Oh, I, I just, it's just what your life is, you know, like I love anarchy. So having kids <laughs> and being through and taking them with me and, you know, breastfeeding at rehearsal is like, I love that shit. Like the more craziness and the more anarchy in my life, the happier I am. I remember we were doing after hours at, I think it was like Melbourne Fringe and you just had Bob and you just like come running in like with baby on one arm, like costume bag and hoops on the other. And then you just like lay out this blanket, pop Bob like on the blanket. You're there just like putting on eyelashes, putting on like a sequin dress and baby's just like rolling around like in this little like blanket. You're like, just going to go to the act. Can you just keep an eye? And I was like, yeah, no worries. Like we all just oh, like sat good. with baby. You like went on stage, did your act, just came back. You're like, all right, see you guys. And just picked up the baby <laughs> and just scooted out of there. And I think it was something like a stupid amount of time, like five weeks or four weeks or something yeah. after you'd had the baby. And I was like, I like literally, I remember after that show turning to you, Betty, be like, what a fucking legend. Like what? Oh my God. Like hundred percent. We were like, Whoa, imagine being Malia. What? <laughs> I remember I the house five, like five weeks after having a cat for the first time, like, <laughs> let alone fucking having a child. Jesus. I know you haven't got one. You got plenty to. There's like, oh man, I love, I love it. I remember that so well, and I always just remember you. It's like the kid didn't happen, but not in a bad way. You were just like, well, yeah, cool, no worries. On and you were it. still like fun and like chatting to everyone. You're like, blah blah blah, and then like answering questions to everyone else in the dressing room, and then like still like just getting in sequence and putting eyelashes on. I was like, what is happening? Like, am I imagining this? This is like incredible. this should be the show. This is incredible, <laughs> right here. I know Wonder Woman, actual Wonder Woman. I remember saying that night. Um, oh, my baby's just here on the floor. Can you not step on it while I'm on stage? <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Great, 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 great. Yeah, it's awesome. There's literally awesome. people in like fucking. I think it was like Raven had like these massive boots on or something, and we were like, "Don't step on the baby." Like whatever. Please you don't do, step on the don't. baby. <laughs> like step on us. Don't step on the baby. That's don't, all I'm gonna baby. say. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty fun. They're pretty inspiring. I've been doing a few little shows with um with him now. He's he's old enough to cute out on stage which is really lovely and I never I never thought that I'd be happy to be upstaged by someone (laughs) it's cool with him like it's really I'm really like the only exception yeah he's essentially you just in like another form so it's fine like (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like a real small version of you that's gorgeous so do you tour um with uh with bubs with family what's the what's your process on that well, I mean, um, you don't tour anymore because fuck that. Because fuck COVID. Because <laughs> fucking COVID, but, you know. Yeah, I know. I was meant to be in Italy this week. Great. Okay. Um, so I just, I tour, it depends. We have we have a few different rules. Like I'll take one with me maybe one time and then not the next or I'll be like, oh, I've got a, I've, I need a break and I'll go away. And, you know, if things over four weeks, we have to bring the full family. So like that. That's the rule, and that's always fun. So you know, that's the coolest way to grow up. Oh yeah, yeah. These kids—they're going to be those beautiful, proper, gorgeous Carney kids that are like, "Yes, I went on tour with mum and dad, and it was great." That's where I learnt everything I know. That's great. I love it. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. He watches television. He's like, "I—I met them." I know Jimmy Giggle. We did it. We we hung out backstage together. I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah babe, that's true. God, I love that shit. That's gorgeous. Yeah. 
All right. Now, we've spoken about your inspirations and how you get all of your bits and pieces together, but we have a segment that we like to call your inner saboteur. Inner saboteur. Oh, no. Bum, bum. So. What's that? What that? What? Oh, it's part of the process, a bit of negativity. It's a bit, you That's know. That's it. Well, what do you do? How do you overcome your inner saboteur when you're not sort of feeling so inspired to create? What's your what's your method? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, oh, such a hard question. It is. It's a tricky <laughs> it one. We're, we're deep in the heart of COVID and that shit at the moment. I might cry. Um, oh, no. out, doll. That's why we drink when we do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It gets real. I think. I think one of my biggest issues is I've, I've never actually felt good enough ever. Um, even, you know, even directing for Circus Oz, I was like, oh, well, I'm just here by accident, you know? Like I never actually believed that it was, I, I was worthy to be there. So yeah. um, mm. I tell myself a lot of mantras. Like I sort of set my alarm 10 minutes early and I lie in bed and I say, I'm worthy. I am worthy. I love it. <laughs> I belong. Um, yeah, that's um, that's my my big thing. I don't feel smart enough, and I don't feel good enough. I know there's a lot of hoopers that are better than me. I don't feel strong enough with balancing. Um, you know, like I I feel like I make all the mistakes and that I'm not a good producer. You know, like people aren't here because of because of me. It's something that I've done wrong. Mm. Um, Definitely. But, you know, like if I didn't think those things, I I kind of hold on to them as well because then I wouldn't be as good and I wouldn't push myself further and I wouldn't try harder. I wouldn't, I wouldn't always, I would, I would never strive to be better if I was confident. So yeah. those insecurities are something that I really, I don't like, but I also, part of me likes them as well because it always pushes me to try a little bit harder every time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I always think about those things, and I think as performers, it's um, I've always wondered why, and I've always liked to ask the question to performers: why, why do we all have those thoughts? Why do we all uh, always think, you know, well, there's always someone who you know better, they're better than me, or I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this, or I don't really belong here. I just happen to fall into it, you know. And it's it's strange, isn't it? Because without those those kinds of bits and pieces, we just wouldn't be the performers we are. Mm. We wouldn't keep pushing ourselves to be, to sort of overcome those horrible thoughts. Um, I always, I still don't know why they exist or why those thoughts are here. And is it because we're self-made people that we don't have anybody sort of telling us what we're doing or what's happening? Or is it, you know, what's, what's your, what do you reckon? I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people get into arts because they've got, you know, like, mental issues or, you know, things that they have to overcome in their own mind. 100%. Yeah. I'm OCD. So, like, if I can hoop on my waist, I have to do it, like, 23 times and then I have to do it exactly on my ribcage 26 times. You know, like, all of those sort of OCD things really work in well with hooping. And I think I've got a lot of um, depression issues which link in with not being able to to perform. So... Mm. I feel a sense of belonging and especially growing up not having any mates and being that loner and being that weirdo, you know, you 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 do find a friendship with an audience even if it is for a night and you really hold on to it. Um, I remember before I started performing, I'd go out and jump on tables and get drunk and, you know, 
dance and like make a massive spectacle of myself, which is all fun and games. But I mean, in the long run, you don't want to see a 50 year old doing that, you know? Man, I fucking would. I'd get right up there with her. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, nightly, you know, like it's (laughs) it's so good for us all to find each other and find an outlet and, and to be. You know, to find that togetherness in like, oh, I'm a bit weird, but that's celebrated. Yes, definitely. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with what you first first said to this question, which is that like that side of things is part of the process that like Mm -hmm. that happening and then getting over it is like what makes like that's the addiction almost for me. Mm. Like I find like that, that without that part, if it's just like too easy, then I'm like, why is it so easy? There's something wrong. Like there's always that like sense of like something bad has to happen before something good happens. I'm not sure if it's healthy, but that's just how I, (laughs) that's just how I am full stop. I think that's just the human condition, man. Just to always expect that (laughs) something bad must happen because it's going so well. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that karma. Like, I don't know, like quid pro quo kind of thing. It's just like, no, I can't have anything great until I've been through like a massive psychological breakdown. Like, I don't know, but I feel you definitely like completely resonate with everything that you just said. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, I think it's healthy us being on stage and having those questions and, and, you know, needing that applause and, and needing that sort of affirmation of ourselves through other people. I don't think it's ego driven. I don't think it's weird or needy or unnecessary or anything. I think it's a it's a beautiful coping mechanism that helps other people go, Oh, you're new and so am I and I I can celebrate that part of myself, even if it's not on stage. I can just do it I can dance like you in my backyard and, and feel a sense of belonging and feel a sense of pride in myself. I think that's you know, it's really important what we do. I think that's really beautiful and I 100% agree. It's that's um I've been recently actually getting a few messages from people sort of saying the same thing just you know via social media and I think this whole covid situation has made a lot of people realize these certain things and maybe appreciate performing arts a little more. I don't even know what it is, but that's um that's true. We're kind of being the weirdos for the weirdos and I think that's really important. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was great. That's nice. Now that's nice, guys. Bloody cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to that. I think that's nice. Now uh, we're we're up to one of our long-standing segments here on Friends with Benefits a podcast. Showbo secrets. Showbo. Showbo. secrets. But we're going to tell you about Uh, so we would like to know uh, what secrets do you have, little tips and tricks that you uh, potentially have done, you know, maybe like costume-wise or producer-wise or social media-wise? Um, I have my, my absolute favourite one is like an act mantra. So um, I'll say something to myself, like whatever I think the act is about, I'll say it over and over in my head before I go out on stage. Um like stillness or like, you know, like find a route, like find that person in the audience that you're going to root. Or like if I'm doing a show, it's like a whole secret fart. So I've got a secret fart in me that I can fart on the audience at any time. Um, and that'll keep me like amused for so long. Vagueness um, was one of them. I did a show where I didn't know what was happening and I was I was so in character that I forgot the choreography all the time, which was 
funny as well. Um, <laughs> so that one word that you can just encapsulate in whatever act you're doing and it only has to be one word and you just say it over and over again and it really like, yeah, it bolsters your act. It's, and so you just say it before you go on or do you say it like during the act and stuff as well? Before I go on and when I'm on stage, just yeah, in my okay. head, just over and over. If I get distracted by anything, I just go back to like, yeah. Just that, the, yeah. If it gets fucked up, you're like, but wait, this. Okay, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Because shit goes wrong on stage, you know, and so you have that one word, one word to come back to if it's like vagueness, you know, like if something goes wrong, it doesn't matter because that's what my character is. It's fine. And I'm not just it. Yeah, yeah. Or fart. It's my favorite. It's really fun. Fart is really fun. So fun. It's been, and I think it would work well with burlesque as well because you're just like, mm. oh, you don't know why I'm smiling. Oh, you <laughs> think I'm in <laughs> I've got a secret fart. Yeah. And you just That's turn around and in their direction, not knowing, like, it could be really stinky. <laughs> you don't know what I had for lunch. You don't know. You don't know. It's fringe. It's probably not going to be healthy. So oh, it's probably not saying. good. Oh. It's probably hot chips. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, seven stain and it's just like just your insides <laughs> coming out in fart form. like. Or it's know. the gluttony white wine that we've all just found around, haven't we? It's found it around the place. Oh, the wine that you snuck in your backpack. What? No, we don't do that. Anyway. Uh, oh, no. That was going to be my showboat secret. I recently... And I mean, this might be very incriminating, but I recently had a show. I'm not going to say what show it was. Oh, she's uh, got it a was show. On Friday. She, it was oh, she's so and fancy. Thank you so much. Don't be jealous. It's only natural. Um, it's only natural. No, I, that's my showboat secret for this week, I feel, is, you know, COVID times, times are tough, aren't they? Tricky, tricky times. Yeah. Yeah. Bring a bottle of bubbles with you in a birthday wine bag. Oh. No one's going to question that. Very Thank good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you know what? That wasn't even me. Someone else in the show did that and I was like, Jeez. fuck, that's good. That's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, just bought it in like a tizzy, you know, those wine bags with the little sparkly shit and they were like, oh, happy birthday, Jane. And happy then they just walked me. upstairs and sank the whole bottle and it was gorgeous. Yeah. It was beautiful. I'm obsessed with that. That's great. I know, right? I thought that was wonderful. Tash, do you have a showboat secret? Or Mine's not really a showboat show? secret. Mine's just like a life secret for those uh, for those of us still in quarantine in Melbourne. Uh, <coughs> is that um, when I do go out for my like weekly coffee, um, and sometimes I have to go and do other stuff, and I really like the idea of like going to the shops like holding a coffee in my hand because I feel really upset that I have to go and do grocery shopping and just do grocery shopping like I feel like I need to do two things at once because like I'm just so bored of only doing one thing so I've been having a mask on but then bringing um, a straw with me and putting it into the (laughs) into the cup (laughs) into the coffee cup and then up under the mask so I can still like have my coffee but without taking my mask off it's actually a really great idea Tash yeah you're welcome because I feel bad every time I've like had a mask and a coffee. I'm like, oh, this defeats the purpose. But I mean, I feel like it would kind of still escape at the bottom, but at least it looks like I've tried, you know? But you've given it a real red hot go, haven't you? You've just a given mask it a, a crack. tiny straw hole and then just like leave it there the whole time, you know? Like, that would anyway. be cute. 
So it's not really a showbo secret. It's just me being a dickhead feeding my own thing that I need to like feel busy while doing shopping. Because I yeah, fucking right. hate doing grocery shopping. I hate oh, it. Everyone hates it. But do you know what? Pop to the market, change your life. You feel like you're doing something good for the world when you oh, go to the markets. Market. Do you remember those, Malia? Markets? Oh, they're nice. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting you're not allowed. <laughs> this is the only world I know. <laughs> oh, that was a bit mean. I just accidentally was heaps mean to you guys and I didn't mean to be. <laughs> Fine. We're just in Handmaid's Tale over here. We're just like yeah. living our best truth. But, guys, remember, I'm in Perth, so who's really got it better? <laughs> you. <laughs> Do I, though? I'm in Fremantle, so actually it's gorgeous. Speaking of COVID times, actually, Malia. Yeah. Something we like to ask our guests on the podcast, because these are bloody trying times, strange times, wild times. How have they, how has COVID affected you? How has it affected your biz? How has it affected what you do? You know, a lot of performers are struggling to find the silver lining or I don't even know what you'd call it, but um, how have you kind of dealt with it? Um, I'd like to answer this with the, with the sound. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I know that one. Actually. The buzzer yeah. sound? <laughs> that was the uh, director's cut. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Oh, COVID's mm. And it's yuck and it's sad and it's, you know, but it's also like makes you figure out what's important to you and what really matters, you know. Like I've been so sad in COVID that I've run out into the rain on my knees and screamed like Stella, like, like, you know, weeping with, with pain, like, you know, we love our art. But, you know, the most beautiful thing is, like, I'm spending so much time with my family, you know. Like, I've never spent this much time with my family ever. I do all the time. And it's Your like. if you hated it, wouldn't it? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and, and I haven't been able to pick up hoops. I haven't been able to train. And I don't give a shit because I'm, like, I've learned how to chainsaw and I'm fucking chainsawing my own wood for my Ooh. fire. Fuck yeah. And it feels tough and I'm, like. Yeah, whatever. I can axe. I'll just, I'm just going to do some axing today. That's what I'll do. That's fucking sick, man. That's doing so some good. axing today. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just burn, I'm just burn a tree down. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Start a bushfire because fucking COVID, hey. Fucking COVID, <laughs> hey. No, I'm, I'm burning blackberries. So I'm burning like, you know, it's actually sustainable, sustainable mm-hmm. living and all that sort of shit. Yeah. So that's oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit good so, for the yeah. environment, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, good. COVID's icky. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. That's fair enough. It's bloody <laughs> everywhere. It's always there. interesting to see people's reactions to COVID because some people are like, well, what I've really done is gone inward and I've really explored myself. This and this has really been great. And I'm, I'm just, and some people are like, I'm going to fucking burn a tree down. And I love both sides of that. That is... That is COVID right there. It's gorgeous. Now, (laughs) it's come up to um, my new favourite section of the podcast. This is brand new, isn't it? Isn't it, Betty? And she's bloody excited. She's bloody excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, all right, everyone just calm down a little bit, but get excited. Um, We've got something called rapid fire questions. (laughs) And we have... 
Tash and I, yeah, Tash and I have written, that's right, written, written. 40 we good some, We put some effort into the podcast. What? We have given it a bit of a go a of a this world. time. The reason we're doing this is because it's a bit of fun. Now, I'm going to throw a question at you. You just answer the first thing straight away. First thing, as honest okay. as you can. I'm ready. Starting from now. Cabaret or burlesque? Cabaret. What's your middle name? Claire. Tequila or vodka? Vodka. I had a bad experience with tequila. Kids or no kids? Yeah, that's fair. Bloody, of course you would. A kick on the sh- a kick in the shins or Trump? What? A kick in the shins or Trump? You just got to answer it. Don't worry about it. Kick in the shins. <laughs> glue gun or sewing? Oh, glue gun. Who is trashier, Betty or Tash? Oh, not fair. Me. <laughs> the answer is Betty. Don't worry about it. Up or down? Up. What's your coffee order? Oh, a latte with one. With a little bit of chocolate on the top. Ooh. It's like a, yeah. No, that's good. It's like a cup of Chino. Uh, losing a limb or Trump? Losing a limb. Yeah, fair. Red or white? Red. Molly or Charlie? Oh, my <laughs> as, chi- as a kid's name. Well, no, obviously. I feel like you're talking about Molly Mildrum. And I was like. <laughs> uh, boxes or briefs? Or boxes. G-string or no, boiling? No, no, no. G-string. <laughs> Just no. Good. Okay. Uh, lacy or cotton? Cotton. Total sexual encounters at Fringe this year? <laughs> oh, zero. Say something cool. Okay. <laughs> a child playing recorder for seven years or Trump? Seven years. Seven, yeah, years. seven years. Have you ever had sex in a venue? Yes. Good. Dogs or cats? Oh, chickens. <laughs> <laughs> the title of your memoirs? Adora. Adora Jar. Ready to go. <laughs> Was there enough room on the big door for Jack? No, I don't know. Where you, are. <laughs> you know what? I don't think there was enough room for Rose. Six or seven? Six. Name the name of your next solo show that will never make it on stage. Ah, oh, I wear beige. <laughs> <laughs> That will pull like a really big middle-aged crowd, I feel. Honestly, that would be a bestseller at Adelaide Fringe. I think so. You get that 6 p.m. time slot. Anyway, that is the questions rapid fire. You nailed it, babe. That was bloody bellissimo. You fucking nailed it, Malia. That was very, very good. It was very Very good. Adore. Adore a jar is what I want. (laughs) I want to pop that. that. Honestly, I want to see that show. (laughs) Well, that has brought us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Malia. Uh, no, thank you. This has been amazing. It's Aww. been so lovely to just like hang out with you and not in some frantic backstage, like blah, within, you know, some sort of crazy festival environment, which, yes, I do miss a lot, but it's been kind of nice like hanging out and taking some time back to like hang out with people that you don't normally get to. So thanks for That's fitting it. Us in. Thank uh, you so much. What's well, the best thing I'll do since March? I'll tell you what. <laughs> 
Look, I feel honoured. Honestly, I do. Because you're with your kids every day and, yeah. you know, your family. So I feel honoured. That's good. That's fine, yeah. Now said though, right? No, that's <laughs> yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, I'd fly you both over to Perth if you're allowed, but you're not. So that's I'm not. Definitely yeah, not. Uh, it's tricky. But speaking about you, I know that we haven't got like any gigs or anything coming up, but you uh, have just launched like a new initiative. Uh, is it called the Homework Club? Is that correct? Well, I've actually called it the ground ground running. So yes. like, when we get out of this, it's like hit the ground running. I um, I just made a a little club for performers if they don't have their shit together. So. There's sort of three tasks every week to pick from. One's creative, one's business, and one's physical. So if you want to be physical, like, you know, I'll give you a challenge for that week to do every day or a creative challenge or the business one will be like learn Excel or get your fucking super together or, you know, like all of those things that we never have time to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if we all join a club and do it together, we'll all just bully each other to do it because peer pressure is actually really good. Yeah. It's good and it's real and we should really encourage it. I agree. I I agree. agree. And how do people find out about that? Is there like a website or a Facebook group or something like that? Um, You actually just go to my my website and there'll be a link there. Uh Beautiful. And we'll pop all your links up on all of our bits and pieces when we release this episode so they'll be able to find it. I love that initiative. Thank you so much for just being an excellent human and just doing oh. that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I cannot wait to be part of it, hitting the ground running. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't do your task, you're fined. Two dollars. dollars. That is a lot in COVID time, so I don't even joke. I'm going to rack like- up fines like <laughs> I already have in my past life. Also- a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. like right. half a bottle of wine, like almost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I Thank you so, so much for sharing all of your wonderful stories and just your beautiful spirit and energy. I've had the best, 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 best time. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us at our second season of Friends with Benefits. Second podcast. season? What do you even mean? <laughs> oh, gorge. My name is Tash York. This is the wonderful Miss Betty Bombshell. This is Malia Walsh. And we've had a very, very wonderful time. So we'll see you all very soon on the internet. Bye. 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 G'day friends, thank you so much for joining us for the first of season two episode of Friends with Benefits. We had an absolutely incredible time hanging out with the circus producer, mum, hilarious extraordinaire that is Malia Walsh. As we said, if you want to get involved in her initiative called Ground Running, you can check it out on her website, which is actually circustricktees.com. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast, although there's not much going on in the entertainment industry there's lots going on in our bedrooms we'll see you on the internet
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 